Hey guys, and thanks for joining us at I-80 Sports. We have the weekly injury report, some waiver pickups for you, and the theme of the week, which is quarter season takeaways. Guys, thank you for watching I-80 Sports. Steve, we are finally down to one index card. Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean... This was a. It is what it is. Let's get going. Uh, Dak Prescott, broken ankle, required surgery, obviously out for the season. I, 49ers still have Richard Sherman out. Uh, he had an unexpected setback, and Jimmy Garoppolo will practice this week. So, 49ers, one positive piece of news, one negative piece of news. When you head to the Vikings, very positive news. Dalvin Cook looked to avoid any major injury. He may sit next season with uh, the bye week coming up. So Vikings will be without Dalvin Cook for one week of services, but it looks like he avoided anything long-term. Sammy Watkins, going to miss a few weeks with a hammy. That's what you get when you get Sammy Watkins. You (laughs) you get him. He's got got two of them, and one of them is not good. My my surprised face. Yeah, Sammy uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to start testing his ankle this week. He is eligible to return from the IR, but there is no speculation yet that he will or will not be back this week. And last piece of news, Eagles cornerback Darius Slay is in concussion protocol. Uh, I mean, aside from the Dak Prescott injury, like, uh, and that and that injury was just brutal. Like, uh, when you see when you saw it in real time and and you yeah. saw the camera on his ankle, it was I was just like, oh my god, you know, I wasn't I wasn't worried about anything else right now. At that point, I was just like, he, he this is such a good kid. He brought he brought awareness to something that not many men talk about with um, with mental health issues because you know as men you know a lot of a lot of men don't talk about these things and, and it's important to talk about because mental health issues are a real thing and nobody's immune to them and you know i, I it just to lose a leader like that and such a good person was just devastating and I think a big hit to the dallas cowboys team however when we look over at our waiver pickups Andy Dalton is at the top of the list. If you're looking for a quarterback, he's going to replace Dak. Should be serviceable. They have the Cardinals Monday night, which is a favorable matchup and a longer week to prepare. Andy Dalton, again, not one of those guys you're going to be happy to start, but he's certainly... I disagree. I disagree, and here's why. Um, Because remember 2015 Andy Dalton when he was like an MVP candidate? He had weapons firing on all cylinders, and, and he looked really good. Like Andy Dalton, yeah, but Andy Dalton's always been one of those quarterbacks where if you give him a full complement of weapons, if you and it, you know, you'll see really good. That's why he's like he was at his peak up the prime meridian of quarterbacks. If you had, you know, Andy Dalton was a borderline franchise quarterback, and anybody that was better than him, you could you could make your franchise quarterback, and anyone below him, worse than him. You know, no, you you didn't yeah, want. So he's back. average, and he'll give you an average. Exactly, he's a spot star guy. Um, again, not someone I'm going to be excited to throw in. The next Are the guy will be still a playoff team. No, uh, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick from the Dolphins. Um, excellent game, and he faces the Jets next week. So if you're looking for that waiver wire pickup, Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> a couple weeks. It is not to a time yet. Oh no! And and after what he just did to the 49ers, I know we'll talk about that later. But man, it like it, it, Fitzpatrick is just making it hard for them to pull him. 
Onto the ball carriers, Vikings Alexander Madison. In most leagues, he's one of those high, 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 high handcuffs that should be rostered, but he uh, carried the ball 20 times for 112 yards and 20 uh, yards receiving. He's going to placehold Dalvin Cook, which, again, we expect not to be a long-term mm-hmm. thing. Should be back after the bye week, but in mm-hmm. case there are any setbacks, Alexander Madison needs to be on an NF, uh, on a fantasy football team. Make it yours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And And most of those carries were in the second half alone. Absolutely. Let's file this one away under uh, things that weren't supposed to happen, but did Chargers Justin Jackson is apparently a thing. Uh, Eckler had, uh, missed his first game, and in his mm-hmm. absence, Justin Jackson outtouched Josh Kelly. He led that Chargers backfield, and again, he's one of those guys for a few-week rental if you're really hurting with bye weeks coming up. Apparently, Justin Jackson's the guy. I, I mean, wasn't it, wasn't it Eckler himself who said that Justin Jackson would be a quote unquote chess piece like absolutely but you know the fantasy community likes to will things that aren't a thing into being and they were kind of that's true uh, willing josh kelly into being a thing (laughs) which was never the case those are our top two running backs when you go to wide receivers it's kind of a mixed bag and i kind of uh sorted people in order of how i think they should be picked up um of course these people have weekly uses they have season-long uses they have dynasty uses but Mm. in order my first wide receiver to pick up is gonna be henry ruggs the third i own him in multiple leagues from the raiders he had a 72 yard touchdown raiders have been playing hot he has high upside for later on in the season he's not like the a number one yet but raiders for two seasons have been missing this number one guy they finally got in henry ruggs and he was able to flash enough that he's going to be picked up and you want him on the end of your bench not on the end of your fantasy playoff opponents bench should i already be eating crow um because remember what i said last week about Derek carr and yeah about me yeah not oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you apart from that I'm, you're gonna be torn in, in half <laughs> <laughs> i disagreed with him then but i kind of let it go um you know how i feel next up on my list is more of a dynasty guy and that's steelers chase claypool he had a four touchdown game three receiving one rushing he went seven for 110 in the air uh, he's a big dude, six foot four, ran a four four two forty. So he's got that physical component, and he is replacing Juju Smith Schuster, who will not be signed by the Steelers this offseason. I will say this much: um, in one league, I am dropping a boatload of fab for Chase Claypool uh, because, yeah, uh, it, it, well, not just because of that. It's because James Washington is not performing, and Deontay Johnson keeps on getting hurt. So it's Juju, it's Chase Claypool, and not. I, wish, and, I was you know, trying to kind of push you into like going back at me on that last one, replacing Juju Smith Schuster next season. Uh, I, I, what do you think I, about that? What do you think the chances are Juju actually gets a contract, not playing well, and he's going to demand a lot of money to not? Play um, well. Well, no, it's not that he's not playing well. He's actually been play. He's been highly efficient. He's been he's caught nearly seventy five percent of his targets. I mean, his you, you can make the case that yeah, his target share has gone down, and that's true. But he but he has performed. He he is still a security blanket for for Ben Roethlisberger, you know. And and it's just that Chase Claypool is like um i think they're calling him mapletron because he's from because he's from canada like he's he's better he's better than deontay johnson and james washington right now and you know it, 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 juju's gonna get his i've i have no worries about juju and getting a, a contract of, getting a contract uh, from the steelers i'm i am uh, i am about 70 percent sure that he that the okay. steelers are going to resign I'll him i'll take your word on it then Next up, um, and this is on my lower list of waiver pickups, uh, Travis Fulgram, 
from the mm. Eagles. Apparently, he's a guy. Uh, <laughs> 10 catches for 152 yards. Um, Eagles do have wide receivers coming back from injury. You have Alshon Jeffrey. You have a complicated situation on that team. So this is not a guaranteed weekly work type thing. This is a chance on maybe he moved up the depth chart in the last couple of weeks. Maybe the injury problems continue and maybe he can be a thing for me. That's three maybes, which puts him third on my wide receiver pickup list. Yeah, I, I, I would, I mean, dynasty. Yes, but um, for, for redrafts or normal half PPR leagues, I don't know. I, I wouldn't really touch him. I, I'd, I'd wait and see. I mean, if you want to be that first person to pick him up off the waiver wires, go ahead, but don't like, waste a high. Don't spend that. This is like, for yeah. me, this is a wait till Thursday morning. See if he's still out there and take a shot. I'm not crazy interested, but the next guy I think has, has kind of a higher floor than maybe most of these guys. And that's mm. LaVisca Chenault, still unowned in a majority of leagues. Um, mm. 12 for 165 in the last two games. Jags stink. They need to use him. Um, and they like him so much, they gave him nine carries. I compared his workload over the first three weeks to that early, early, early um, Kansas City game that they were playing with Tyreek Hill, where they're just like, this guy is so talented. We need to get him the ball. How can we do it? Give it to him on the ground. Have him play multiple positions. So LaVisca Chenault, you know, he's playing second fiddle to GJ Shark, but he definitely has some upside and definitely a player that I want to see moving forward. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I don't have much to add to that. LaVisca Chenault, I really like him. Awesome. So now the theme of today's show is week five, or I guess five weeks in. We kind of want to do a quarter recap, but we're kind of past the quarter recap, but not because some teams <laughs> haven't played four games yet, but yes, because some teams have played five or... It's a mess, but we're taking our, our quarter shots, our quarter observations. Uh, Steve, why don't you start us out? Okay, so um, I'm I, I'm calling it now. The Michael Hardman breakout is coming soon. So while Hardman has not been getting a large sum of snaps, he's only been averaging around fifty one percent of snaps over the season so far. Um, he over five games, he has had 17 targets, but he's had 13 receptions for 194 yards and two touchdowns. And and for and, and again, averaging 51% of snaps, he's wide receiver 44 right now in half PPR. And Amy Watkins going down yes. yet again, again, shocker, again. shock phase. Um, you know, expect to see a much larger role and more fantasy points coming out of Hartman. At this point, it's almost like Sammy Watkins could be on a Ben Gay commercial. Like those hammies are tight every single <laughs> season. Okay. My next guy, and I'm going to go again with the wide receiver. I want to talk a little about DK Metcalf, who is a top five fantasy wide receiver. He's number um, one in standard. He's number one in standard. He's number two in PPR um, in many, many different categories. Now, let me just run through his first couple games this season. Four of eight for 95 and a touch. Four of six for 92 and a touch. Four of eight for 110 and one touch. Four of six for 106. And he didn't get a touchdown. Big disappointment. Six of 11 the next week. 93 and two touchdowns. 4.4 receptions game. 99.2 yards per game. Five touchdowns through five games. That lands him on the top of my list of wide receivers. I liked him so much this offseason that I traded Austin Eckler as a potential keeper. Mm -hmm. and I got him on my team. Um, I have Chris Godwin as, as my main keeper and DK Metcalf as, as my second keeper. I kept him in the 10th and 12th rounds, respectively, because I knew 
what we had, what we saw at the end of last season. The question is going to be, is it sustainable? He's on pace for 125 targets, 70 catches, and about 1,600 yards. Yes. I think the targets is right around where he's going to get. I think the catches should actually go up. He's only catching 55% of his balls. 1,600 yards is a little lofty. We know he is the big play artist on this team, so I expect that number to come back to reality a little bit. But 33.8 points a game for the Seattle offense. Arizona and San Fran are coming up next on the schedule. I love DK Metcalf. Do you know how big he is? Um, he, he's like six five or something like that. He's, uh, he 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 was listed between six three and six four. So of course they list him as six four because that's what you do. Yeah, Mike Evans is one inch taller and four <laughs> pounds lighter. Six four, uh, two hundred twenty nine pounds, forty point five inch vertical. That's three and a half more than Mike Evans. So he's bigger, stronger, can jump higher than Mike Evans. <laughs> he has a 433 combine 40 yard dash, which is the same as McCole Hardman and only 0.04 seconds slower than Tyreek Hill. So he's got everything. He's got the speed, the elite quickness and the size, something that we haven't seen since a player you mentioned already on this podcast, Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson is the guy who we're comparing him to. Um, oh. He's not an exceptional route runner, but he can go up and fight for balls. Russell Wilson said about DK Metcalf. I want to be Joe Montana because he expects to be Jerry Rice. I mean, that's <laughs> like they're, they're comparing him to one of the possible best ever. Um, fourth and, and 10. And he's in his going? second year. He's in Absolutely. his second year. Like the sky is the limit for this guy. And he was drafted in respected because he was projected as a first round pick and he fell to the third round. Oh my goodness! This kid, this kid is out to prove something, and I and I gotta be honest with you, I'm all about it. He is just great. Second in NFL receiving yards um, through five games at 496, right behind Hopkins. First in NFL average yard per reception at 22.5. Yeah. The second closest is Gallup at 20 and a half. Um, he's tied for third with five touchdowns. Mm. Yeah, and he's fifth in yards per game. He's a wide receiver, two in half PPR, one and a half points behind Adam Thielen. I mean, this is it. The, the, yeah. the cat's out of the bag. Metcalf is my guy. Moving on, Steve, you have another week five takeaway for us. Yeah, and as much as it pains me to say this as a, as a Steelers fan, the Browns are going to be in the playoffs. And, you know, I looked at their upcoming schedule, their next 11 games, and assuming everything goes according to plan, their next 11 games, regardless of order, is going to be the Steelers, the Bengals, Raiders, Texans, Eagles, Jaguars, Titans, Ravens, Jets, Giants, Steelers. And I and, and if they if they go six and five and i think they can easily go six and five here because i looked at it i looked at it they can beat the Bengals, they can beat the texans they can beat the eagles the in the jaguars yes. as well it's as Garrett, yeah, and and also the give me's against the jets and the giants that's six wins right there that's 10 wins and then in and assuming they lose the other five games against who we assume are good um teams and in, in the you know the steelers raiders ravens etc that's 10 and six. That'll get you into the playoffs. And I personally, I personally believe they can go eight and three because you know, the, I, I think that they can get the Steelers haven't played anyone yet. Um, no, I think that, I think they're going to get the Ravens the second time. And I think that, the, I think that since the Steelers will probably have a top seed or, or a guaranteed playoff spot by, by week 17, they might rest their starters. So like that, that's, that gives them two more games right there and that, and they could possibly be 12 and four. 
Kevin Stefanski was a great hire. And aside from that week one embarrassment against the Ravens, the the Browns have held their own in every game. Like, it, it, you know, very, the, that, very good. It's like Baker Mayfield is, is uh, finally focusing on football. Oh, look at the look at that. We both wrote about that during the summer. That's one of them that's paid off. Amazing how that works. We, we just need Ronald Jones to, to continue paying off. That's not going to happen, but okay. Um, I'll, I'll smile or not. Next up, Raiders are the real deal. Three and two I love has this. been a good look on the Vegas Raiders. Um, they should be considered uh, a contender because they have it all. They have a quarterback, Derek Carr, 73.1% completion percentage, 288 yards a game, 11 touchdowns, and only one interception on the season. He's not that flashy guy. He's not going to run you down the field with a minute left and put the ball in the end zone, but he is serviceable at the position. Running back mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs, underutilized so far. 21 rushes, uh, 75 yards, and a touchdown a game. Um, three for 21 average in the air. I, I expect that used to go up a little bit, but Josh Jacobs is a stud regardless yes. of how often you use oh, him. Yeah. Um, you got wide receivers, Hunter Renfro, Nelson Aguilar, and finally Ruggs is stepping up. That's not a bad combo considering Aguilar hasn't been dropping balls. He's looked very non-Aguilar-esque so far this season. Wow. (laughs) We also have Darren Waller, 9.4 targets game, 295 yards, and two touchdowns. Enter Henry Ruggs. We talked about him a little earlier, um, and I expect this team to absolutely take off. Um, So, yeah, they put it together. They spanked Casey. 40 to 32 in a game that I think what this game was not quite as close as the final score shows it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, It was quite decisive. They beat the Panthers saints and chiefs. So they've played some real football games. Um, They do have a tough schedule at points, but I think nine and seven is easily, easily doable. Derek Carr looks awesome. Gruden looks happy. And I wrote, let's go. I don't know why I wrote that, but on the bottom of the card, I wrote, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Well, I mean, there's nothing to dis- There's not a lot to disagree with there. Um, you know, it, the defense is still suspect. We can't, we can both admit that, you know, yeah. the defense is still suspect because they're still giving up a lot of points per, per game. But at the same time, a lot of teams have been getting, a lot of defenses have been giving up a lot of points per game because the defenses haven't had a chance to catch up to the offenses yet. Absolutely. You, know. but you got guys like Jonathan Abrams and uh, LaMarcus Joyner, their safeties back there who are just mm-hmm. game changing guys. And I think, yeah, they've been suspect at times, but I think in the clutch, this defense is going to come through for you, even in, in spots where maybe Derek Carr can't carry the team. Oh, yeah. Max, Max Crosby is a fantastic pass rusher. So uh, they have a lot of good pieces on that defensive line. Yeah, I, I think I think that they can easily push for for a playoff spot as well. Also have Cleland Farrell, first round pick from last year. That was kind of the shocker of the year. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been good so far. So Steve, let's move on to you. Your next five week takeaway. I'm gonna say that the Colts are not gonna make the playoffs. Um, you know, I I was saying at the beginning of the season that the that the Colts would be a great team because I thought they had a well balanced defense and I thought that Philip Rivers was going to be much better than Jacoby Brissett. And I'm going to be honest right now, I'd much rather see Jacoby Brissett because while the defense is still really good for the for the Colts, the offense is not efficient at all. The offensive line is not as effective as I thought it would be. Rivers is not being smart with the ball. Um, Rivers has a number one wide receiver in T.Y. Hilton, and he's not getting him the ball. Jonathan Taylor has been the most efficient of the offense because he's been because every time he's touched the ball, it's been four yards in attempt, which is really good. But 
Absolutely. I agree with you there, Steve. You froze just a little bit um, to, to go on a little bit more about this Colts team. Um, I absolutely, absolutely agree. I think someone, um, one of the, the Chargers fans was, was joking around after the first three weeks and he said, uh, who knew trading Philip Rivers would ruin two offenses um, <laughs> that of course, after the first uh, couple, three weeks where he wasn't doing too good. You're back with us, Steve. So uh, why don't you finish up your thought? Yeah. And you know, I, um, <sighs> the more that we see that the more that we see what how the Colts are inefficient the more likely we're going to see games like what happened with the Jags and the Browns they're just gonna they're they're just going to have a chance to win and just not be inefficient because it'd be effective because Philip Rivers is just not the answer love the guy but he's just not the answer I don't think he necessarily was supposed to be the answer more of a stop gap for that team um if they went away from philip rivers let's see who's on their offense uh jacoby Brissett. so he's a game manager and yeah, he i mean I don't he, see won't, much difference. he won't win you games but he won't lose you games well he might lose you some games but yeah i do agree <laughs> in the game manager i don't think there's much of a difference there philip rivers is not the guy who they thought um He's had the time. He's played mediocre. There, there's injuries all around. Colts, that whole wide receiver core has been hurt, but just not mm-hmm. what I wanted to see. Not, not my trust is gone. Mm-hmm. Philip Rivers is outside the Bob V circle of trust. Okay, <laughs> last one for me. That's the Dolphins, and they uh, they canceled the 49ers season. I know cancel culture is a thing, and uh, Dolphins said, 49ers, you're not a thing anymore. Um, the one and three Dolphins went into Santa Clara and beat the 49ers in Levi Stadium by a score of 43-17. to 17. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's not done yet. 22 of 28 for 353 touchdowns, 154.5 passer rating. Jimmy G, on the other hand, had uh, seven completions of his 17 tries for 77 yards and two interceptions. He was pulled from the game, not based on actually getting pulled, but because it was such a blowout, they said, we don't want you to get hurt again. And uh, he spent the rest of the he game on hurt. his bench. He was still hurt. Oh, I can, can't even count. do a victory lap because I hate the San Francisco 49ers. And coming into the season, I was the number one guy saying, this is not a thing. They're not a team. They had a Cinderella run. You know what happens at midnight to Cinderella? Yeah, but, but you, you know, you're the, the pumpkin. The, it, Jimmy, G, Jimmy G was still hurt because whenever a quarterback is suffering a high ankle sprain and they're still affected yeah, by it, they, they, you know, their passes tend to sail. And both of his interceptions were on a sailed pass. He, he, because, because as much as we rag on Jimmy G, one thing that he is is that he's highly efficient. He's, he's, better, he's better than game manager efficient, but, you know, he's just below franchise quarterback efficient. But they paid him like franchise quarterback anyway because they took a gamble off of six games and taking into the super bowl i'd say that that gamble paid off but this it's a super bowl hangover year we see it every year plus the 49ers are just ravaged by injuries when cinderella when the midnight hits you're stuck holding a pumpkin and somehow <laughs> the glass slipper didn't change back i don't care how that works and, and by the and by the way we got to move on um <laughs> i can't do a victory lap on this 49ers team although like i said i was the lowest out of anyone on this team um I said that they weren't going to do the thing. They're so ravaged by injury. It's kind of hard to eat. It's, it's not even fair to compare what happened in this season to these uh, two and three 49ers. They, they put up a fight, but uh, mm-hmm. they have an impossible schedule ahead. They play Rams, Pats, Seahawks, Packers, and Saints all before their week 11 bye. They could be three and seven by that time. So I'm out on the 49ers and, and, like I said, the, the Dolphins are the one to do it. The, the Dolphins put the nail <laughs> in the coffin on that. That's something you never like to see. You are completely gone now, so I'm going to tell the guys. I'm going to look at the camera and say thank you for watching i80 Sports. 